T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate your time. Bruce Levine, David Haw until 11 o'clock talking Inside the, ba- inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Baseball and, and Sports Radio 670 The Score. Time now to go out to our guest hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And that is where we find new White Sox manager Pedro Grifol. Pedro, thank you for joining us this morning. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks, guys. So spring training right around the corner. How does a new manager prepare for that challenge, and how exciting are you at this point about three and a half weeks out? Uh, I think I'm I'm just one of many that are excited. I've I've spoken to a lot of the players, uh, definitely you know, of course a lot all the coaches, and uh, we're just preparing right now. Everybody's excited, uh, eager to get out there. The only thing that's happening now is that we can't get out there to the 13th because we got the Super Bowl and the Waste Management Tournament. And there's no room, so everybody's eager to go, and we can't. Pedro, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate your time and. I wonder uh, when you when you look at um, spring training and starting off, um, how you want to set up your first camp, and you know I, you, it'll be certainly under your guiding. But uh, how, how is how is that going to look? And are you uh, do you have anticipation or nervous anticipation as to how that's going to look and how you and the message that you want to get out there right away? Uh, no, not at all. Um... You know, this is my first camp as a manager, but it's not its not the first time I run a camp. You know, I've run many minor league camps, many major league camps. Um, we are certainly well-equipped as a staff uh, to run a camp with Eddie Rodriguez and Charlie Montoyo, and uh, we feel like uh, we will be uh, 100% prepared when the time comes. Uh, how, how, What kind of camp are we going to run? Uh, you know, it, it's a creative camp. Where we're going to do the things that we need to do to prepare us fundamentally. We're going to increase the intensity. Um, and I, I've, I've mentioned this, a, you know, a ton, uh, but now it's almost, it's getting close to, you know, to showing it and proving it and uh, seeing what it looks like. Uh, but it's not, um, you know, it's not going to be a camp without a lot of details. And uh, it's definitely going to be a high energy camp. Pedro, it's no secret the White Sox were as disappointing as any team in baseball last year. So I appreciated, and I think a lot of people did, hearing you on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast, be as blunt as you were in assessing what the Sox were in 2022. And that was a team that 
was as good as maybe I think the way you put it, their energy level allowed them to be on any given day in any given series. As a manager, when you go into a camp like this, yeah, you want to stress the fundamentals and you guys have all of the baseball drills and, and points of emphasis that are, are uh, traditional in that sense. But when you talk about motivation, when you talk about energy, how big of a challenge is that? And, and how do you approach each individual player trying to reach him to so this isn't a trait of a team that was lethargic at times last year? Well, the, the key is understanding the expectations, and I believe ex- expectations drives results, right? And uh, the expectations are, are for us to play postseason baseball. I mean, that's, that's what we're expected to do. So, you know, knowing that going in, uh, knowing that, knowing, knowing why uh, we struggled a little bit last year uh, is something that we're going we're gonna to talk about. Uh, we, have already, we have already spoken uh, to the majority of the players on our expectations, and it's not – you know, again, the end result obviously is play postseason baseball, but uh, the reality is there's a process to this thing, and the process includes high energy, uh, it includes details, it includes us just ramping up the way we go about things. And, and that's, you know, that's how we feel that we're going to be able to take the next step. And I, we're going in day one spring training, and we're talking about, you know, game number 163 in postseason, but – you know, we can do that if we want to, but we can't forget the fact that we have 30-plus days in spring training that we have to, uh, you know, prepare for that, that's going to prepare us for the season. And then we have 162 games. So there's there's a lot going on in between. Uh, and I don't, you know, I'll talk a little bit about, you know, our end expectations and where we want to be, but I'm going to focus on, you know, Today is what we. This is what we got to do today, and once that day is done, we're preparing for tomorrow, and that's how we're gonna. That's how we're gonna take it. White Sox manager Pedro Grafal, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse. Pedro, even though we don't really know each other uh, very well at all, uh, we have friends. Uh, Gene Watson's one of my very good friends. Ted Simmons, a uh, friend of mine for the last uh, 40 years. So, from from that perspective. I have a really good feel about what you're all about. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, Gene and Ted and, and, and George Breton, the, the impact that they've had on your career and some of the things that you might have taken away from, from them, all great baseball people. You know, I mentioned all those guys in the uh, press conference. I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here as a family without them. Um, they've impacted my life uh, in a major way. And all of them in a different way. Um, you know, Ted Simmons spent eight, ten days with me in in uh, High Desert, California, when I was a manager. And I can tell you, in eight to ten days, I probably grew five or six years. Uh, you know, he's um, he's a brilliant baseball mind. He's a no nonsense guy. Um, I mean, I spoke about Gene. You know, Gene's one of my closest friends. Uh, there, I don't think there's a day that we don't speak two or three times a day. And uh, you know, Gene has taught me how to bring people together. That's his, that's his, uh, that's what he does best. You know, bring people together, bring an organization together. Um, he's a leader. He's a servant leader. He cares for others. Uh, and he just doesn't talk about it. He displays it, you know, and, and then, you you know, George, I broke in, I broke into the big leagues with George Brett, you know, the intensity, the level of focus when he, when he speaks, the level of focus when he teaches. I mean, every single one of those guys has, um, really, really impacted my life in a way where I can honestly 
you know, sit here right now and tell you I would never be here without all those guys. Talking with new White Sox manager Pedro Grifol here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Let's talk about your team. Andrew Benintendi joins as a free agent. Terrific signing. He's going to do a lot of things. You know from a firsthand basis how valuable he can be. I still think, Pedro, when you look at your, your um, projected lineup, I wonder what the plan is in right field. Maybe Oscar Colas gets a chance to start opening day as a rookie. Second base, the internal options are there. I wonder about any creative trades to add another veteran piece. And what about catching? With Yasmani Grandal, maybe Sebi Zavala is the complement there. But right field, second base, and catching, what are the plans there heading into spring training? Well, certainly Oscar Colas is going to give him, be given every opportunity to see if he uh, you know, can become our right fielder on a daily basis. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Sheets is a, it's another option. Larry Garcia is an, uh, is an option. I think there's going to be some competition uh, there uh, in, in right field, and Oscar's going to be right, right in the middle of it. You know, Marisnik has been added to our, you know, to our uh, spring training roster. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how those guys uh, take on that challenge and, and seeing what, what we can do. And I, I know this is uh, not something, you know, people want to hear, but I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Eloy in right field. And, and I'm not talking about seeing him there every day, but I'm talking about seeing him there, you know, maybe a day or two a, a week if, if possible and keeping him, you know, athletic and keeping him working, uh, you know, on the defensive side. Cause I know that helps uh, on, you know, on the offensive side as well, you know, at second base, again, we have, we have competition at second base. Um, you know, we have, you know, Lurie Garcia, Alberto was, was brought in Alberto. If you look at his numbers, um, you know, he, uh, he's, he's done really well against left-handed, left-handed pitching. You know, Romy Gonzalez is be right in the mix with that uh, and a couple of young guys as well. So um, I'm really looking forward uh, to, to, to watching these guys compete. I really feel like um, somebody's going to take the bull by the horn and, and show us that, that they want it. Um, and, you know, we'll see. On the catching end, um, I'm excited about – where Grandal is right now, he's healthy. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, everybody knows that uh, he's been great before, and I'm looking forward for him to, you know, to get back to doing the things that he's uh, capable of doing. And Sebi does a good job back there. Sebi is the guy that, you know, you don't lose much when he's back there. The pitchers love throwing to him. He calls a really good game. Uh, he handles the bat, can do some little things offensively. So, uh, again, these are areas uh, in the spring – uh, that uh, we're all looking forward to seeing who emerges as our, you know, as our guy, or 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 maybe a platoon situation comes out of it. Who knows? I, I mean, there's there's a lot lot of things to be seen, um, but these are always these are the best in the world, and somebody's going to take the bull by the horn and 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 show us that you know this is my job. Pedro, uh, our hearts and our minds are with uh, Liam Hendricks and his family and his wife, uh, hoping that he gets better soon um creativity wise what are your what are your thoughts about the, the back end of the bullpen and, and how creative can you be knowing that you have some tremendous pitchers not all of them uh closed before but some of them have and uh and you also have some flexibility with some of your younger guys like crochet or you know maybe uh even a michael kopech what are you what are your thoughts going in how creative you feel you can be to fill that role if you need to 
Well, first and foremost, um, you know, we're all praying for him. The most important thing is for him to, you know, to to beat this thing and be able to move on. That's our that's our main priority when it comes to when it comes to Liam. Uh, the baseball stuff is secondary, obviously. Um, so our prayers go out every single day uh, for, you know, for uh, you know for a healthy diagnosis, uh, you know, in, in the future. So um, as far as the bullpen is concerned, um, you know, again, we we have some really good arms out there, and we've have got we've had guys that have had a lot of success. Um, I, I'm looking to, to run a bullpen in, uh, different ways, possibly, you know, maybe a, a closer emerges, emerges and he's closing the game, but if not, um, you know, matchups are, are really good. Something that I really believe in, um, eighth and ninth inning are, are, uh, special innings, uh, and we're going to play that accordingly on, on how we see fit to put the best guy on the mound that matches that, that situation on, on any particular day. Along those same lines, uh, Pedro, Sox fans can go to WhiteSox.com and send their support to Liam Hendricks and his wife, Christy, as he fights non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Just go to WhiteSox.com and you can send your messages. It's a great thing the team has done in support of the closer, one of the more popular players on that team in this city. And I, I just wonder, have you communicated with Liam and, and can you bring Sox fans up to date just on how his spirits are as he fights this? I have communicated with him. Um, you know, he's he's going through this thing. He likes he likes his privacy, um, and that's really that's really all I can say. I think um, you know, going we'll know we'll know more um, in the in the, the months to come. Um, but uh, right now, he, he's uh, you know he's going through this thing with his family. He's in he's in good spirits, um, and he's a bulldog, guys. I mean this this. You know, if there's if there's one person that can beat this thing, it's him. You know, the, you know he just doesn't turn it on off the field. This guy's a bulldog on and off the field. So, um, again, my prayers go out. Our prayers go out for him and his family. And I, I'm I'm confident that uh, hopefully sometime in the spring we'll we'll get good news. Uh, you know, from the doctors. Uh, talking to people about you uh, at length, uh, they said communication skills are off the chart. And uh, that uh, that's where it ends and begins with you, along with your knowledge of the game. Uh, what do you expect from your coaches um, uh, comparatively to to government, big government, small government? How how do you believe with as as far as coaches, uh, having been one for such a long time, uh, how how much do you rely on them? How much uh, you know longitude, latitude do you give them? in their roles, uh, uh, working with you? I was, uh, one of the, one of the things that most attracted me on this job was the ability to be able to bring guys that I felt, uh, were impact, uh, coaches, transformational coaches. And I, and we were able to assemble a staff that I, uh, completely trust. Having said that, these guys are extremely knowledgeable. They're really uh, good communicators. They're detailed. Um, they're guys that I, that I, that I trust not only with our club, I, I, I trust them with anything, you know, and um, they're going to have the leeway to do what they feel they need to do on a daily basis to make us better and to make these players better. Um, so, you know, the, the way I, the, the way I go about this is um, we set up a plan in the morning and they execute that plan. And obviously we have to evaluate that at the end of the day, 
uh, and get better for the next day. And that's that's just basically our 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 philosophy when it comes to when it comes to a staff um, working together. Uh, as far as uh, communication, I, I'm I'm a big a big time believer in communication because I think communication um, is really the definition of accountability. And when you communicate and you empower people. Um, the good people with high character and integrity, uh, they hold themselves accountable. And if they don't, then that's an easy, that's an easy conversation for me to have. Um, when you don't empower people, uh, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to hold anyone accountable. So, you know, when it comes to communication and accountability, I think they both they, they go hand in hand, uh, and that's a major part of my leadership. Another couple of minutes here with White Sox manager Pedro Grifol. And one of the best communicators in that clubhouse that you will be entering next month, Pedro, is, is Lucas Giolito. He is terrific, and he also is somebody who is in the verge of an, another maybe mini metamorphosis this offseason, as he shared uh, with Daryl Van Scowen of the Sun-Times a few weeks ago. He has trimmed down 25 pounds, I think he said he was. There was video surfacing on social media this week of his mechanics, which have been streamlined. Where is G- Lucas Giolito in his... I guess change back to the pitcher that he wants to be, and and how would you describe his evolution from last season to what you'll see in spring training? You know, I was privileged to see Giolito when he first got traded, uh, you know, from Washington over to uh, to us here in Chicago, and um, you, you got to give him um, credit and praises on the transformation that he did in in that in those particular years and becoming the pitcher that he has, that he has become. And I've, I've spoken to him. We've traded text messages. I've spoken to Ethan about him. Uh, he's in a really good spot. You know, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got that, he's got that edge to be, to be great. He's been great before. Um, he feels like his body's in a good, in a good place uh, to be able to, you know, to, to get back to the form that he had a couple years ago. Um, and, uh, he's he's got that competitive edge that um, you know I think Ted Simmons might get mad at me here, but um, but he's a thumb in my opinion, and and what I mean by that is when you look at your hand, there's four fingers that look the same, you know, and then you got that one thumb that's that's different, um, and he's he's a thumb, you know, and that's what we're looking for uh, from him this year, and I am certain that he's going to go out there and and be the Lucas Giolito that uh, that we all want to see. Watching you from across the diamond uh, these last years, Yon Mankato, uh, what what are your impressions of him and where he needs to go? We know that 2019, he was one of the uh, more dominant players in Major League Baseball, still a very young man with a tremendous amount of ability. Uh, where do you see his game at, and where, where do you see your appeal to him once you start uh, dealing with him in spring training? Well, we know how valuable he is to this club, and I, I, again, in that being in that division for a long time, I've seen all these guys. I've seen these guys develop from day one, you know, all the way to uh, you know to right now uh, to today. And I've seen Moncada be one of the best players in the game, and he's he's motivated. I've spoken to him he um, plenty of times, and he's uh, we've texted back and forth. He's he's working out. He's in a good place. He's in a good place mentally. Um, he realizes, you know, some of the things that uh, he's going to have to, you know, fix and work on uh, from last year. Uh, again, you know, this is a very talented roster. 
Um, and we need everyone on this roster uh, just to just to be themselves, you know, and go about the game the right way and, and play the game hard, respect the game, respect the uniform, uh, respect the fans, uh, the organization. And, um, you know, and, and we're, we're going to do that as a club and we're going to do that as individuals. And, and I believe that these guys are going to come out with the chip on their shoulder to, um, you know, to do something special. I really do. Before we let you go, Pedro, in every baseball city, there's an ongoing debate or conversation about the impact a manager can have on any given season uh, when you look at the standings, when you look at games over a 162-game schedule, how many games and wins maybe a manager can be responsible for. What is your thought on that? Do you have a, a philosophy when you look at now the job that you will be charged to do in a few weeks? How much of an impact can a manager have on the overall standings you know that's a really good question and and for me that's not quantifiable um and because when it comes to managing a game it's not it's not about x's and o's you know it's it's really it's really not players drive this thing players are the ones that go on the field they're the ones that face that pressure they're the ones that got to catch a ground ball hit a ball win a game run the bases they're the ones that do this thing however creating an environment that these guys are enjoying and like to come to the ballpark and feel free to go about, you know, doing the things that they're capable of doing and maximizing these guys' ability is not quantifiable. You know, I mean, there's, there's no way of, of, of doing this. We can, you know, we can talk about, he could have bunted here. He could have brought that guy in here and, and kind of say, well, that cost us a run and that cost us this run. And we could have had a longer inning. Yeah, we can do all that stuff, but creating an environment, um, to where these guys are really comfortable in that clubhouse and uh, understand, you know, the task at hand and the expectations. I, I said before, expectations drive result, results. And you can't just go in there and say, okay, we're expected to do this and let's do this. No, you got to create a culture, uh, create a philosophy um, that is based around, I, I can't wait to get to the ballpark. I like hanging out with these guys. I like, you know, going to battle with these guys and, I, I can't wait to do special things with these guys. And that, in my opinion, uh, is not quantifiable. David and I really appreciate your time today, Pedro. Uh, one, one final one from me, and that is um, when you were hired, Tony La Russa told me the, the White Sox hired the right guy. And, and that's a huge comment from a guy like Tony La Russa. I know you've had communication with him. Is, is, there, any, is there any future role for him with you other than, you know, talking to it at certain times and communicating. Do you, do you know uh, if, if there's anything in the future with uh, Tony and the White Sox? Uh, as far as what Tony's going to do with the White Sox, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, I think that's a little higher than, you know, than, than where I sit. Um, but uh, Tony and I have had some, some conversations um, you know, he's, he's definitely somebody that, uh, that I respect. He's done, he's a hall of famer, um, and he's done it for a long, long time. And it'd be foolish of me, you know, not to, uh, listen to Tony, um, you know, just tell me about his experiences and, you know, and some of the things that he's gone through in, in the game. Um, and I, I look forward to speaking to Tony, you know, at times it, it doesn't mean that, you know, he's going to be telling me what to do or it doesn't mean any of that. It just means that, you know, Tony, Tony's done great things for a long, long time. And he's not a Hall of Famer for the hell of it, you know. And again, it'll be foolish of me to not speak to Tony, to not speak to Ted Simmons or, 
you know, Jim Leland and, and ask questions, you know, and I'm a learner, guys. Um, I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm not afraid to, you know, identify guys that uh, are great and have been great and learn from them. And I'm going to continue to do that until, you know, the day that I don't do this anymore. And, I, and then after that, I'm probably going to continue to do it. So um, I'm looking forward to not only speaking to Tony, you know, about the game, but uh, speaking to, again, Ed Simmons, Jim Leland, and all these guys that I respected for a long, long time. Welcome to Chicago, Pedro. Looking forward to uh, next month and certainly getting things going. Thank you for your time this morning. Thank you, guys. My pleasure. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. New White Sox manager Pedro Grafol here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 and score. We'll react to what he had to say and look at the Sox a little bit more in depth when we get back. It's Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Well, certainly Oscar Colas is going to give him, be given every opportunity to see if he, uh, you know, can become our right fielder on a daily basis. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Sheets is a, it's another option. Yuri Garcia is an, op- is an option. I think there's going to be some competition uh, there uh, in, in right field, and Oscar's going to be right, right in the middle of it. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score David Hall, Bruce Levine. Reacting to Pedro Gafol. Good interview, interesting stuff from the new White Sox manager, Bruce. The right field plan sounds like plan A is Oscar Colas. Plan B might be Gavin Sheets. I think that you go down a couple letters, and he still mentioned the possibility of something that maybe has triggered our texters, but Eloy Jimenez in right field still has a glove. They haven't hidden it yet. What did you think about that? Well, I found it very interesting. Uh, I think Rick Hahn said that they want to keep him active uh, during some of his sessions, but that designated hitter would be his major role. David, think, put your coaches and uh, manager's hat on and, and think about incentive, incentives that you want to send out to your players when they come to spring training. You have a young guy you know, with um, Eloy. He's being told he's mostly going to be DH. 
there would be a tendency to maybe, uh, for lack of better words, slack off a little bit from some of the training. But when when you mention when the manager mentions that you're going to be part of the outfield mix, there there's more incentive to get out there because he truly wants to be an everyday outfielder. There are very few young guys like like him that that don't that that don't want to be DHs at age 25 or 26. So from that perspective, this is an incentive, and I think a very smart one that Pedro throws out there. Well, one thing that was obvious in talking to Pedro Grafol and one thing that has been prevalent in his other interviews, when he talks about the motivation level of this team, it matters to him. And when he talks about this team, I think three times during our interview over about 20 minutes, he, he used the term a chip on the shoulder. You know, this player, Grandal, has a chip on his shoulder. You know, he mentioned a couple other situations that uh, that applied. This White Sox team should have a lot of players arriving to Glendale with chips on their shoulders because they have a lot to prove. So I suppose if you are incentivizing uh, that to, to Eloy Jimenez, fine. I just don't think the White Sox are a better team when he plays the outfield. He's got to get used to the transition to being a designated hitter. The other factor that I think is out of Pedro Gafol's control, so we're talking to the manager, not the general manager, but the plan at second base isn't good enough. If it includes Lurie Garcia, and with all due respect, Bruce, he is a utility guy. He can't be your opening day alternative or your plan A at second base for a team that has any designs on unseating the Guardians. I guess so. I think that the White Sox were able to make playoffs with a subpar second baseman a couple of years ago. I, I, I guess so. Uh, you know, that is they, not an endorsement, Bruce. That's a disagreement. I guess so. Well, what my I guess I guess my point would be. Okay, you're right, but my point is this. You're not going to have all-stars at every position, correct? Right, right, correct. I mean, I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like what you want to see at second base right now. Would second base itself and the production out of there be the deciding factor of whether the White Sox are a playoff team or not, I guess is my question for you. I think they'll go as far as their pitching carries them, and, and that is is likely for most teams. I, I just think that you want to go into a season with a plan that seems a little bit more, more defined than expecting unproven players at three different positions to, to, to contribute. And that, to me, is not how you get to the playoffs. Yeah. Well, the Cubs might have their second baseman playing second and third base in spring training. So uh, for the White Sox, so the White Sox second baseman might might be that guy. I know it's far-fetched to think uh, that Nicky two strikes is going to go back to the White Sox. But in reality, I think there's a chance, you know, the way that Rick Hahn talked to us about two weeks ago is the fact that he doesn't think, he, he agrees with you, David, this is not a complete team at, at this point in time. He's not done yet. He's happy with the team. There's good talent on the team. They've fortified some areas, but he didn't. He doesn't feel like they're done yet. And you know, this being uh, still a month away from games starting uh, in spring training, I think he has a, an opportunity to to, to, to pursue that again. Uh, depth in the organization. Where do the where do the White Sox have depth, David, to trade from? That's that's the key. Is how do they solidify in trades? What do they have to trade where it's not going to hurt their chances in some other areas? 
That's a great point, Bruce. And I stand here on, on January 21st well aware that we do have a month before spring training even starts and a long time before opening day arrives. So there is plenty of time, ample time, for work to be done to supplement a roster that we thought was going to be supplemented with creative trades by Rick Hahn because why? He told us so. He told us so in October that this was going to be the way that they approached it. And so I'm waiting for those deals to be made. I know that things changed, and maybe he was limited because of the unfortunate news about Liam Hendricks, who was maybe one of those pieces that they would talk about in trade talks. But, okay, I will be patient. I I like everything else that I heard from Pedro Gafol, Bruce. He's somebody who you respect because of he talks in terms of communication and accountability, says the right things, doesn't overstate his value the manager's role in any of this, I think the humility will go a long way toward helping him make an impact in his first year as a manager on the South side. Yeah. He sounds like a very strong guy too. I mean, just because nobody had heard of Pedro Grafal before uh, does not mean that he's not the right man for the job. I, I think he, he, uh, when you talk to him when you listen to him, you talk to the people like I talked to with Simmons and uh, my friend, Gene Watson, they all say this is an outstanding baseball man who's a great communicator and is the right guy for the job. So when I hear that from other people and I hear Pedro talk and what he's done as far as communicating with players and front office people up to now, it's it's all systems go forward. Bruce, I want to counter my own argument, I guess, to, to a degree because of a story that came out this week you know if you're the White Sox and you're you're talking about people wondering why you are going with rookies at three different positions perhaps as a backup catcher second baseman and right fielder last year the White Sox spent 194.5 million dollars the seventh highest payroll in baseball according to the story released this week by the AP an exclusive story they had talking about the luxury tax and how many teams paid the tax and the Mets set a record with uh, with paying the tax. But so if you're Jerry Reinsdorf, maybe you're looking at that and saying, or if you're Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn and saying, well, you paid for the most disappointing 500 team we've had in a long time. Why not try the untested cheaper version? And maybe that is the direction they go at least to start the season. So I guess you can find ways or logic in that approach if you're looking hard enough. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the payroll is going to increase automatically because of all the young guys that have uh, big contracts that are moving toward those uh, figures. So, you know, contracts, you know, to Anderson, contracts to Eloy, contracts to Mancata, uh, contracts to Robert, those are all increasing every single year. Okay, so um, their payroll is going to be staying up there at this point in time. Uh, I think it's a it's a, a good look the White Sox have, and uh, I, com- I commend them for spending uh, – what I consider outside of the, the realm of uh, worrying about making a profit. They want to win. Sox, one of three teams in the top 12 of terms of payroll that did not make the playoffs. The other nine did. Oh, by the way, the Cleveland Guardians, the champions in the AL Central, their payroll, $69 million. Fourth from the bottom. Only three teams spent less than the Cleveland Guardians. They're getting the maximum return on that investment So that is an interesting little story that came out this week from the Associated Press. Bruce, we're going to wrap things up, maybe get to a phone call when we come back. The Hall of Fame class will be announced Tuesday in Cooperstown. We'll talk about who might be going in the Baseball Hall of Fame when we come back. It's inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. 
We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. He can hit one of the game's best pure hitters. Struck out his first time up. And gets into one the center field. Back is Wells at the wall. It is gone. Home run held in two to one. National League. Not all pitches that are up are bad pitches. But this looked like a hanging splitter right in the eyes of Helton, but not for long. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Stay right here. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski follows us at 11. Zach Zaidman has the call for DePaul at Providence at noon. And of course, the NFL all weekend, all four divisional playoff games right here on 670. The score and your free Odyssey app beginning with 330 today. The Jaguars against the Chiefs. Thank you to Fox Sports for that highlight from 2003. Todd Helton hit the two run home run in the All Star game. Why Todd Helton? sound why does he matter this week well bruce tuesday night he might get announced on mlb network when the big announcement comes and he might be one of the few members of the 2023 baseball hall of fame class what do you think his chances are who else might go in well scott Rowland and him are the only ones that have been trending uh above 70 percent um on the uh on the trending uh, list of uh, tracker, yeah, tracker, right? Baseball Hall of Fame tracker, and and uh, I I still don't think either one's going to make it. You have to make you have to get seventy five percent. When uh, here's how I look at it, David. Uh, when you say Scott Rowland, does does it say Hall of Fame in your mind? When you say Todd Helton, does it say Hall of Fame in your mind? If if it doesn't, and they're not, they weren't dominant players in the league. Uh, for 10 years, um, I, I just think you don't vote for him. I know what you're saying because that is the traditional uh, kind of barometer. We, we say if he doesn't jump out and say Hall of Fame. But, but, Bruce, the way we look at baseball and players is changing over time. I think that there always is going to be more than meets the eye. And so you've got to look beyond just the headline. you got to go look beyond just – the the marquee name and and what does scott roland do for you from a visceral standpoint does he scream hall of famer maybe not but if you look deeper with the stats in in an age where that's what we are going to be more conditioned to do you look and you see yeah his numbers are pretty hall of fame caliber when you compare him to the other people in the hall same with todd helton same with billy wagner those three guys andrew jones i think has a legitimate shot to make it. I don't know that they get in this year, but I think they're deserving. Here's here's the thing that always throws me off uh, voting. You, you can vote up to 10 people on the ballot, but do you really have to? Okay. I mean, if, if they weren't worthy of your vote last year and the year before, why are they worthy now? How have they changed in your mind? Are they, they weren't Hall of Famers then? Did you vote for them then? If you didn't, uh, my, my, my contention with the whole process is if it's a weak ballot, why, why are people voting for 10 guys? Okay. They have the right to do it, but uh, I think there's something really special about the baseball hall of fame. It's hardest hall of fame to get into. It's really special and to water it down just because it's a weak year and you have a right, you have a chance to vote for 10. 
Doesn't mean that you should. That's how I look at it. I respect where you're coming from because it is the way a lot of people and voters feel, and it's an ongoing debate, and we'll probably have the same conversation a year from now on, on our third year of Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce, before we get out of here, I want to revisit our prospect conversation on and off the air from earlier. Pete Crow Armstrong joined us in the first hour, highest-rated Cub prospect, not the most ballyhooed Cub prospect in recent memory. There, It's a long list of guys when I say to you, who is the most publicized, the most hyped Cub prospect that either made it or didn't make it in recent memory? Where does your mind go when I ask you that? Well, Chris Bryant, I think, it was the most hyped. Uh, but but maybe maybe that's not true. I, I think I, I would probably change my mind and say Kerry Wood. Okay, mm, Kerry Wood one. was and probably will be the, the most. I mean, we're getting a raw kid. He's throwing 100 miles an hour. Got an uh, awesome breaking ball. He's the next Roger Clemens. Well, at times during his career, Kerry was. Kerry had a, a wonderful big league career, a terrific career. Uh, but, you know, he he didn't enjoy it quite as much because it didn't live up to the hype of what people expected of him. Okay? And I think that's kind of sad because Kerry is a terrific guy, a good friend, uh, and uh, – I just think it could have been a more enjoyable ride if it wasn't the fact that everyone expected him to win 300 games and strike out 5,000 guys. All true, Bruce. Well put. But if they built a statue of Kerry Wood outside Wrigley Field, it would be a monument to unfulfilled potential. That's what it would be. Sean Sears had some thoughts about a guy that came to his mind because he had a funny memory when we talk about Cub prospects. It might have been just a tad bit overhyped. Oh, yeah. I was in love with Corey Patterson. I thought he was the next great Cub. I remember I begged my mom for uh, a Corey Patterson jersey, and uh, that is the last Cubs jersey she purchased because he was subsequently traded. So my family now jokes around that anyone that I get, they get traded. And so far, that's I got a Khalil Mack jersey a couple a couple months before he was traded. So it's uh, it's holding true. Sean just caused Cub fans driving to the grocery store to swerve. Uh, off I won't the, be purchasing uh, any PCA jerseys. We'll wait till he gets here, and we'll, yeah. we'll prove in. I, I'm you, too Sean. nervous. I'm too David, nervous. David, uh, what's yours? I thought of Brooks Kieschnick. Remember him? <laughs> also, oh, sure. what about a Kevin Ory? A Kevin yeah. Ory going way back. Brooks Kieschnick, a, a famous two-way uh, player. He was going to be the Otani of the Cubs back in the 90s. Didn't quite pan out. Had a you know had some a couple good years with the Brewers, um, but uh, was a pitcher, was a hitter, and. Uh, Neither uh, really uh, stayed on the radar very long. Do you remember Scott Thompson, Bruce? I know you do. He was a a guy that had a lot of uh, hope surrounding him. I remember growing up, him being one of those guys that thought, do I root for him? Do I get used to him? But I think not for long would be the advice for some of these guys. Although Pete Crow Armstrong, if he can play as well as he communicates, he is going to be a perennial all-star. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And David, a great show today. We have a lot of people to thank. We do. Thank you to Pete Crow Armstrong for joining us. Thank you to White Sox manager Pedro Grafol. Thank you to Sean Sears for getting over his Corey Patterson memory. And thank you to all the great people who listen to our show, the, the greatest fans in the world, the Chicago baseball fans. You can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website, writing Sox and Cubs at 670 thescorecom David, have a great week. Thanks a lot. I enjoyed it. 
Bruce, most of all, thank you to you because you lined up these guests and you work hard doing that. And you also throughout the week can be found on the Marquee Sports Network doing a terrific job there. Stay tuned right here. Joe Ostrowski, early odds, Zach Zabin and DePaul after that. And also all four NFL divisional games right here on 670 Score. Thanks for listening, everybody. You have been hearing Inside the Clubhouse at Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.